You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's go ahead and talk about the recent news of Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, coming to LSU, and of course, uh, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, who is soon to join the SEC, and how this does affect Texas A&M. Hint, it affects Texas A&M a lot. Thank you so much for making this your first listen every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, LockedOnPodcast.com. This episode of Locked On Aggies today is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. As always, my name is Cole Thompson, at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below if you want to follow me on Twitter. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I bring this conversation up because of I do think it is important. You have to understand that the way that the SEC is changing in the next few years is going to be hugely detrimental to Texas A&M. Because if you start looking at the horizons of the 14 teams inside the conference, and remember, it's soon going to be 16 teams. Texas and Oklahoma are going to come. When they do, it is going to be something to keep a close eye on because of we want to see how the divisions go, how the rankings go, and which coaches are still going to be in the conference right now. Right now, the way that I look at the SEC, they have made some amazing hires in the last few years. There's a lot of good names in this position that I would really say at any other probably program, in the ACC, in the Pac-12, in the Big 12, in one of those conferences, they would arguably be the top dog. I mean, a guy like Mark Stoops goes 9-3 and three at Kentucky, a school known for basketball, and it's slowly turning into a football program without question. Josh Heupel, his success that we've seen at Tennessee may actually be the reason why the Volunteers make a comeback in 2022 and slowly get back into that conversation. You look at the hiring of Billy Napier. He is a really good up-and-coming head coach. You look at the hiring of Brian Kelly and all those things, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's start off with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma is one of two things. Number one, it's horrifying if you're a Sooners fan. It's absolutely horrifying because for the first time since 1999, Oklahoma will be looking for a head coach. Number two, look at the recruiting class and look at the players. You've watched so many players in just two days, both on the roster right now, probably Jaden Hazelwood is like the biggest name right now, and also all the recruits decommit, leave the program, and head somewhere else. Head to a different location. Open up their recruiting. Lincoln Riley going to USC changes everything we know about Oklahoma. People ask me at the start of the year, what did you think about Oklahoma joining the SEC? I said that it was going to work. I thought that because of the way that Lincoln Riley has recruited, the way that Lincoln Riley has done a good job of keeping the program afloat and going 55-10 and 10 in five years, sounds like a proven winner and he's also been the actual guy to beat every single season inside of Oklahoma 
Since the likes of the Big 12 championship game returned to Arlington, I'm like 99.9%. Yeah, I'm actually 100% positive. I know this for a fact. They have won it every single year. The last time that Oklahoma was not in the Big 12 championship before this year was in 2009 when Texas played Nebraska. And that was Nebraska's final season inside the Big 12 conference. So they were the top dog. They are not going to be the top dog as soon as they arrive inside the SEC. I don't care what anybody says. You could be a talented, a super uber talented program with the likes of, yeah, let's just think about this for a second. If Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, nah, not Vanderbilt, Georgia, Florida, all, all these teams that you really think of. You could be the top dog in the Big 12. You're probably going to be middle of the pack. You can make a valid argument that because of Kentucky has an advantage in recruiting the type of players that you want in the SEC, that Tennessee has an advantage in the type of recruiting of players you want in the SEC. Oklahoma's like maybe ninth, 10th out of 16th. Maybe they're eighth or sixth at best, but they're not top five. They're 100% not top five. I would argue that right now top five would still be Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, and probably LSU. Uh, after the news of what happened with LSU, I would say LSU is in the running. A&M is going to be a number one, is going to be fighting for the number one recruiting class this year and probably next year. You also have the likes of Alabama, so being Alabama, Brian Kelly coming in that really helps out. You have the uh, you have Florida getting Billy Napier. You have freaking Georgia being Georgia. Where do you fit? Maybe sixth, maybe eighth. Could you make a valid argument that because of your losing the likes of Lincoln Riley, that you move down into I don't know maybe tenth or eleventh? The reality is is how how does this affect Texas A&M? Well, one of the big key moments that you look at in California and you look at in Texas and you look at in Oklahoma and Missouri and all these areas where A&M is trying to put recruiting grounds, the big mark was against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was successful because you had a young up-and-coming mind that was going to be a superstar for hopefully the next two decades in Lincoln Riley at the helm. Well, he's gone. So what does that do for your program? To me, what that says is you're going to take the next step. You are about ready to lose out on a ton of recruits, which opens up the door for a guy like Jimbo Fisher to go into Oklahoma and say, listen, you can go play for an SEC program that's going to take a hot minute to get here, or you can play for an SEC program that's already established, has the facilities, and is just a quick drive for mom and pop to come down and visit you. How about that for a change? Let me go join that. It's a very easy pitch. There's going to be kids out there who literally say, I wanted to go play at Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley was the head coach. I want to go play in that style of offense. Now you don't have that offense there. You don't know who the hire is. You have no idea what can happen there. And then on top of all that, keep in mind that it takes a minute for the SEC to welcome you into its ranks. Texas A&M is finally getting some respect in the ranks only because, and this is a big one, only because of last season going 9-1 and one and beating Nick Saban this past year. Yeah, they beat Nick Saban in year one with Kevin Sumlin. What they do since? They were the redheaded stepchild. They were the overrated team. They were the average to meh kind of roster. Now they're being viewed as a legitimate contender every single season, the team to compare to Alabama. And yes, this year they did finish third or fifth or however you want to put it because they were all tied in the SEC West. But we sure that Lane Kiffin is going to have that same success in 2022? I can tell you this much. 
Jimbo Fisher is. Jimbo Fisher is going to have at least a nine and three, if not ten and two, if not eleven and one, twelve and zero season in twenty twenty two. He's going to have that, and it's because of a great recruiting class. Where's Oklahoma fall in that category? And then by the time that Oklahoma and Texas get here, how long until they get to that level? They may get an upset over an Arkansas. They may get an upset over a Kentucky. They may get an upset over an LSU. But just because you get an upset doesn't mean anything. A&M got an upset over Alabama in year one, and Alabama won the natty. Like, that's the case. That's the storyline. You have got to get better along the way. And it takes a minute. It takes a red-hot minute for you to transform yourself from being a top-tier name in one conference to being a top-tier name in a conference where the slogan is, it just means more. The way that I look at this for Oklahoma, losing Lincoln Riley not only takes credibility away from them joining the SEC, it puts them on the back burner. It's going to be a hot minute before you see Oklahoma vying for a college football playoff spot as a member of the SEC. And honestly, we thought Texas was going to be in trouble. Texas at least has a guy who's coached in the SEC and Steve Sarkeesian and was one of, if not the greatest coordinator that has ever worked underneath Nick Saban. Statistically, statistically, let's go with that. Let's not go actually, you know, big time name, like whatnot. Statistically, probably the best offense coordinator Nick Saban has ever seen. What happens next? Texas at least takes an advantage. They have a big advantage right now because Lincoln Riley's out and they're headed to the SEC with the guy who's been there. Nobody knows who's coming in to the likes of Oklahoma. That could be huge for recruiting. That could open up the door for Texas A&M, and that could really put Oklahoma on a downtrodden path as they try to become the next darling of a conference that doesn't really need more talent, but it's just going to add it because we know that they're better than everyone else. So this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over, covers your eyes. This is how you're running your business. Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system for growth and power with visibility to control your financial inventory, HR, planning, budget, and much, much more. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of the competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the month, NetSuite is offering you a one-of-a-kind financing program that will get you ready to upswade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head on over to netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A for special end-of-the-year financing on your number one financial system and growing business. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. This episode of Locked on Aggies is also brought to you by Price Picks. Listen up, college, college football nerds. I got a deal for you. Price Picks is the daily number one leader in fantasy sports. It offers college football props more than anybody else in the world and star players from Power 5 programs as well as mid-level programs that you may not have heard of. Price Picks offers any prospect you can think of. You can get up to two to five players in the over-under projections and win 10 times the amount of money with your entry. It's simple. All you do is invest 100% of your local deposit up to $100. So you give 100, you get 100. You give, you know, you give 100, you get 50%, you get 50% back. You get all that money back towards you when you use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. You can go ahead and use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's made safe and offers withdrawals fast. Go set up 
Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy Today. Locked on Aggies, and by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making this your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's talk about the big hire, the news that came out late last night. It was officially announced this morning. Brian Kelly to LSU. The Notre Dame coach, after 12 years in South Bend, will be leaving to go to the Bayou to help the Tigers get back to glory. What do I make of this hire? Um, A lot. First off, Jimbo Fisher is a man of his word. He is not going to LSU. Jimbo Fisher is not going there. It was a done deal. He said, I am not going to LSU. I would like to stay here. I would like to be at Texas A&M. This is where I want to be. And he means it. He is not going to LSU. So, man of his word from the start, I never once thought for sure he was leaving. That was the biggest thing. I never thought for one second he was going to be the next head coach at LSU. It just didn't fit him at this point. Maybe it did when he was younger. It didn't now. It just never was the case. But you do have to look at some other names. You do have to consider to consideration of what Brian Kelly does bring. Brian Kelly is on pace to have his fourth consecutive 10-win season at Notre Dame. There have been five, five 10-win seasons his entire time there, and he's had one losing season in his entire career. One. He just became the all-time leader in wins in program history, and he has taken his team to the college football playoff on two different occasions. There's a very good shot that based off of what happens this upcoming weekend with everything in the realm of you know the college football playoff and conference championships, they could be going for their number three shot in the last four years. He's a damn good coach. He is an absolute damn good coach. Do I like it for LSU? No, I do not. And the reason is because if he's 60 years old, I do not know how much he has left in the tank. I do not know what else he can do at this point. Is he going to be that big of an upgrade? Maybe. I do not know. I don't know how it's going to work out. What I do know is, is that the level of competition in the SEC West just got tougher. When you try to go ahead and rank these coaches, when you try to go ahead and figure out who is where, I look right now at every single level of competition. Brian Harson is the weak link in a conference to where he never seemed to fit. Who comes in next? Brian Kelly is a really good recruiter who's done a fantastic job during his time at Notre Dame setting up success. Nick Saban is Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher is an elite recruiter when it comes to his overall name, and he's done a fantastic job helping quarterbacks progress during his time at Florida State. It's time to see what he can do at Texas A&M, but he has had this team treading in the right direction. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's Lane Kiffin. I mean, honestly, and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere unless Miami opens up. And then if Miami opens up, that becomes a whole different story. Uh, you look at even Mike Leach. Look at the way the air raid system has transitioned from year one to year two. I mean, they, they really look like a great team. And Sam Pittman, as much as we want to give him credit, nobody likes Sam Pittman. Nobody thought that the hire was going to be that great. Uh, it turned out to be really dang good. For the first time in the history of Arkansas football, they've won all three major trophies. LSU, the boot, the borderline, and the Southwest Classic. They've won all those games underneath Sam Pittman. And honestly, Sam Pittman would be my vote to win coach of the year. He would. He absolutely would. So Brian Kelly joining this conference on top of either Steve Sarkeesian at Texas or whoever is hired at Oklahoma in the next few years joining the SEC West is horrifying. It gets so much tougher. It gets so much tougher for Texas A&M. But 
one thing you have to consider is that Jimbo Fisher feels like he's going to be there for the next 10 years. I do not think Brian Kelly is there for the next 10 years. I feel like Brian Kelly is there for the next five to six. I feel like Brian Kelly can help stabilize the program, get in the right direction, probably bring up a young up and coming superstar, kind of like he had at Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. And they will soon be able to lead the program, go become a head coach somewhere, prove that they're successful. And when Kelly steps down, probably in five or six years, they become the next head coach. That to me feels like the right uh, example. That to me feels like the right move for this team, for this organization, for this class. That to me feels like it's going to be more so the thing that happens next. That to me is probably what, what is the big deal. Jimbo Fisher can right now go ahead and go back to those recruiting grounds where he found guys like Edger and Cooper and go ahead and tell them, listen, you can go ahead and play for this guy. We have no idea what he can do. He's not a Southern guy. He has not been in this region. He has not been around here. Every once in a while, he's got the talent to go to Notre Dame. Great. Good for him. I get talent to come to Texas a and all the time. We are a number one recruiting class. We have an opportunity to be back-to-back top 10. We have been top 10 for years, have an opportunity to be top five. And I know how to get talent to the NFL. Look at the names I just produced. And Mike Elko is not going anywhere. Mike Elko is staying. As of right now, Mike Elko is staying. And I do not believe he will be leaving anytime soon. So all that in mind, why not go play for me? Why not keep me in your mind? Why am I not your top guy? That's an easy pitch. That's a very easy pitch if you're Jimbo Fisher. Number one recruiting class on the line. I am younger than, than Brian Kelly younger than Nick Saban, I'm going to be here for the next 10 years unless I'm dead. I do, At this point, if you turn down LSU, which Jimbo Fisher did turn down LSU, according to multiple people, he was the first call. He turns down LSU. If that's the case, if he is not going, he's not going anywhere. He's staying. Until he retires, he will be at Texas A&M. And he has an opportunity to help the Aggies become arguably the next great powerhouse in the SEC. And it starts this year by taking recruits and those who are planning to leave LSU, giving them a phone call and saying, let's talk. You want to stay in the SEC? I want you to stay in the SEC. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Boost Mobile. You can listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You can switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data plans for 30 bucks a month per line and a new 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes of Locked on Aggies. All in one of America's largest LG3 5G network. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to only one customer per line. Additional restrictions may apply. Offer and coverages may not be available everywhere for phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Bet Online is back in action. We are trying to get as many bets in as possible as the College Football Playoff Selection Committee is getting ready to announce the Final Four. And of course, the NFL Playoffs is right around the corner. So make sure you go visit betonline.he for the biggest bets, the biggest buyouts, and of course, the biggest odds and lines. Go see them and get a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code uh, locked on promo code locked on you receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit from basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC rights everything you need bet online where the game starts locked on Aggies presented by the locked on podcast network so one more thing I do not talk about because Mike Oko was a name that was mentioned a lot in the recent coach matches. there was names like Duke there was names like Virginia Tech Wake Forest if that was to become available we now know that Wake Forest is not coming in because of 
Dave Clawson signed a mega deal. He's staying there. And we also know that the likes of... <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, Virginia Tech is no longer available because Whit Babcock went and got a defensive coordinator, just not Mike Elko. Instead, he went and got Brent Pry from Penn State, who is as well a very talented recruiter, a very smart name, a very high and productive player, somebody who has been around the block for a constant time. He has done a fantastic job recruiting at Penn State, building it to what it is today. If you look back at his ties in the SEC when he was at Vanderbilt, he brought in some big-time names like Zach Cunningham. Perhaps the biggest name that he ever brought into any program was Micah Parsons, selling him to come to State College. He will now be going to Blacksburg. Why is this good for AM? Because Mike Elko isn't leaving. That's plain and simple. Mike Elko is staying. Mike Elko will be the defensive coordinator in 2022. And there's a very good shot that he stays until the right job comes along and he becomes the name that you cannot pass up. Where is that job? I have no idea. I really don't. And everyone's going to say, well, what about Mike Elko to Notre Dame? Would that make sense? I don't think so. He was only at Notre Dame for two years. So it's not like he was there for a hot minute. And again, Look at the success of the coordinators after him. It would be different if he was the top-tier coordinator and then everyone else stunk. Clark Lee was one of the best coordinators last season in college football. And the year after that, Marcus Freeman was one of the best coordinators in the realm of college football at Cincinnati and one of the best coordinators in the realm of college football this year at Notre Dame. That, to me, feels like the guy who's going to get the job if it's not Luke Fickle, who, again, I know just from conversations around college football people, around you know boosters and whatnot. Luke Fickle wants three jobs. He would take Ohio State, he would take Penn State, and he would take Notre Dame. Besides that, he's very content at where he's at at Cincinnati, which, again, in the middle of a playoff hunt right now and them trying to find the next head coach, it feels like they're either going to have to come to an agreement to where he is going to stay at Cincinnati all the way through the college football playoff selection, or, and this is a big or, this is a huge, huge, huge or, or they get out, and then he just goes next week. That feels like kind of the move right now. And at that point, I don't see any chance of Mike Elko going towards Cincinnati. It just, to me, does not make sense. He's more of an East Coast guy. He, I think he's from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he has ties to Pennsylvania after where he coached. I feel like that would be where he would end up more that way. I think Notre Dame is kind of like the teetering line. He won't go past there. He'll go upwards or outwards instead. So again, that's a really good thing for Texas A&M because of one of the biggest reasons why A&M has a shot to go get to the top recruiting class is because of the success and the growth and development of what you've seen from Mike Elko. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, I'll start looking at some bowl that Texas A&M could be playing in in 2021. There is a major report that they are the favorites to land one game. There's also a report that they could stay close to home. We'll talk about that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, you're going to go. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.